Not everybody who started this year are alive. And they have not died because they are more sinners. But it is the mercy of God that gives life. Therefore, every other day we wake up, we live for God alone. We must be very thankful. It is easy to take your father for granted. And because he's such a great father, many times we take him for granted. To wake up in the morning and stand out of your bed. It is not because you have a physical exercise. It is because there is a God in heaven who has given you another opportunity of life. I want us to be thankful. And when we are thankful, we really do it from our spirit. Turn to someone beside you and welcome that person in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Wow, let's take us in the heavenly places. Today is a different day because it's the first Sunday. Every first Sunday of the month, for every one of you, you need to know this. In Christ's faith tabernacle, it's called Apostle Sunday. Every first Sunday of the month. It is Apostle Sunday because on the first Sunday of the month, in all CFT branches globally, they will hear or hear the message God has given to the apostle, which strengthens them and helps them to forge ahead. Now, this is the month of harvest, but here you don't, you are not listening to tape. Apostle is here, raw. Amen. <laughs> you know, we just came back from an empowerment in, in, uh, in uh, we, this this year's one, we held it in Gatwick, which is the Prophetic Voice Ministers Conference. Now, I want to say to you that um, we can say fully well now that our prayer book and the book I wrote about my encounters are now in the hands of Hindus. Because God brought in Pastor Qatar, who translated my book on my encounters with the Lord Jesus to, to Hindi, so that the Hindus have started to read it. He brought it on this, this week, you know, and um, I showed it to members together uh, in the cathedral. The prayer book as well has been translated into Hindi so that people can know what prayer really is, how to pray. And I believe very much that a lot of Hindus will, will be saved. Really, last month, he was in the meeting in Himalayas Mountain where 25 Hindus give their lives to Jesus. Amen. News like that make me happy. And I think what I'm sharing with you today has to do is in line with what I'm saying. Pastor Qatar joined this church last year. We absorbed him into the clergy of CFT this week. But since the time he joined the church, the first thing he said to me is, you know, talking about how he had been blessed by the ministry, how my messages are so confronting and challenging. 
And he had to change, make a lot of changes in his life. And the first time he came, I gave him the book. By the time he read the book, within two weeks, he called me back. He went into 30 days of fasting and prayer by reading that book. On the 30th day, he began to have encounters. And each time he will send me emails telling me the encounters. But what he has done, which is exemplary, is this. Every Sunday, after the service in cathedral, I receive an email from him. That email, in that email, he will tell me what I taught the church. If I give a prophetic instruction, he will tell me that God has said this through me, and he wants me to know that they are implementing this straight away in India. I can give any one of you who is interested my email, and you will see that every week, as I've said, this happens. And uh, even to the place where we had, uh, when we do, um, somebody had a 50th birthday or 80th birthday, or, he will write me, tell me what God said in that mess, in that lesson, to that service, and then congratulate me for the person who did the 50th birthday in the service. So that we understand the fact that he's not just talking. He talks what God says in the same message. And he had taken the message, he had compelled all his church members to listen and connect live with us in the cathedral. Every Tuesday Bible study, they connect live with this church. And he would discuss with me the things that they, were, they had discussed in the Bible study. You know, it is possible for you to be a member of this church and you are not in flow with what God is doing. During this week, one of the things I told the pastors is, how do you know those who are called? Those who are called by God, you know them by their passion for the Lord. It's not by big talk. It is by passion. CFT is a church where we are reluctant to send people out because I want to go to my grave with joy. Churches that proliferate all over the whole place and just take anybody and send them and make them pastors. I know what their general overseers face every month. Their soul has been so much tortured. Their life is full of mixed blessing, that is blessings and sorrow. As they are thanking God for the blessing, they are also sorrowing for the, for the you know, problems created by people who have been sent out. This one impregnated this yesterday. The other one is sleeping with the choir master. The other one was fine with voodoo. That is all what is in their churches. Cases of their members against one another. If you go to the High Court of Nigeria, you will be Supreme Court, you'll be shocked. Is the cases between this church and itself. I made up my mind that I will do the church of God as Christ did it. And we, that is what I'm saying that. For anyone called by the Lord, the, 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 the factor or what reveals your call is your passion for the Lord. Um, and that passion for the Lord translates into commitment to service. Now, one of the major issues we are looking at this month, by the end of the month is Holy Ghost Convention, which is empowerment for ministers. But one of the first things I want us to look at this morning is this. If Jesus was here, if he appeared in this service physically, and he says to you, I want you to go and do this assignment for me. And he says, I want you to do it now. Will you obey him or not obey? Will you obey Jesus or not obey Jesus? Come on now, this is general quarter, isn't it? Am I in general quarters? Or I'm in another thing quarter? 
you will obey Jesus. You see, let me say this to you. To a Christian, there is nothing that can blow your mind more than you physically see Jesus. You see a man just stand before you and talk with you physically. And then suddenly the man disappear. And you know it is the Lord. If he tells you to do anything, you will run to do it instantly. It's, it surpasses the instruction of the queen or the, the most powerful government. You'll be so excited you run to do it. And if what he told you is a routine, you will never depart from the routine. But the fact is this, Jesus already had told you a command to do, which many of us have neglected. And as it is that you will neglect that command he gave you, some commands really, he gave you. Those commands that he gave you, though you neglected them, as much as you have done that, if it appeared to you physically, you will not obey. Because the Jesus Christ that you long to see had told you that I will not be with you again until I eat with you in my Father's kingdom. You can find him on visions and revelations. Seldom does he physically appear to human beings. He does, but very remote. He does appear to people right now in the Middle East area. Iran, a few people have encountered Jesus physically. And what that encounter, they they change completely from fundamental Islam to aggressive evangelists after the encounters. That is what has come out of it. But the fact that in the book of Matthew 28 verse 19, Jesus says, Go ye into all the world and make disciples of all nations. This is the first command that Jesus gave to everyone who is born again. Failure to do that, it is gross disobedience against your maker. Now, if you do not tell people about salvation, what you have done is that you have been selfish because you have come into the kingdom of God and you see many perishing who are your friends. You talk with them about things that will not save them and you watch them die and go to hell. You know, what happens is that when you die and, you know, you come to know that these people are not in heaven, maybe your father, your mother, your sister, I believe very much that many Christians will regret in heaven because you will not find these people there. And it will come to your mind, you will be, will be fully conscious of all the grace God gave you to have spoken to them. And you will see also all the occasions that God has you know, created for you to just share the gospel with your friends, with your workmates, with your many discussions that just were robbed by them, which is the Holy Spirit. But you ignored telling them about the Lord. But when it comes to politics, when it comes to other things, you quickly, your bone quickly rise to talk. And what will happen is that when you see these opportunities that God created and you did not use it, you regret for life. There are tears in heaven. That's what the Bible says, that God will wipe tears away from your eyes. I will together now. Now, there are regrets in heaven. That is the reason why tears will come from the eyes of man. But you see, it is a better thing for you and I to make up our mind that we will defend the cause of our God and we will obey Him at all costs, knowing fully well that you can stand in, the, in a minute and in the next hour you are gone. Let me say something to you. God brought someone to my mind on Monday when I was driving to the, to the convention and I told mommy, this man that I'm thinking about now, when I get back to Nigeria, I will ordain him as a pastor. And I was saying this is the first fruits that we have in that village or that city when we went there. 
And I said to mommy, how zealous the man had been, how committed the man had been, how even when we were to appoint a pastor, he recommended somebody else to be appointed as a pastor. He loves to serve. So I ordained him as a deacon, then ordained him as an elder. But at the time, I was asking mommy that, is it the, the last ordination, was he ordained as a pastor or an elder? And mommy said that, no, he was ordained as an, as an elder. I said, okay, the reason is because he's always backing off from, from you know, leading rule. He recommended somebody to me that, look, this man, Apostle, he will be a better resident pastor for us if this man pastors us. Because since he has joined us, he has led us to the streets. He, he leads us in all the prayer, night vigil, you know, any, any services, doesn't miss it. He's on the steering wheel. He said, this man will be the most appropriate resident pastor for us. While I was thinking that he should take it over. Okay? Not knowing that the man was going to die just two days. This week he will go to heaven. And while I was talking about him, you know, I said, okay, to mommy, don't worry. His work is before the Lord. And I said that that's why God brought him to me. Because when I go in September, though it's not ordination time, I will ordain him. And then... The second day my, we got to, to, to the conference, my telephone rang by Pastor Fashuba. And I said, well, what was he calling me for? Well, he left a message that he, was, he wanted to be in the service. So, but, you know, a few other things took over. I said, okay, maybe that is why. And I saw that he called me about four times. And then he texted text me that he wants to talk to me about Elder um, um, Moses. So I said, no problem. Immediately he said that. A thought came to my mind that could he have died? I said, no, he can't die because he's a brilliant, vibrant, uh, middle-aged man, you know. He'll be in his 40s. So, and very beautiful family. Very, very beautiful family. When I say family is beautiful, I mean they serve God. All the children, the wife, sold out to God. So, when I called Fashiba, he told me that uh, he's, he's a pity. He wants to tell me that Brother Moses has passed on. Oh, I said, that's the reason why the Lord brought him to me, because he has been received into his sanity. I said, okay, this is the position that I was, and I wish I knew what God was trying to say, so that I would have prayed and stood in God for him and stopped it. But God would not want me to stop it, because his work is over. If somebody's work is over, it doesn't matter the age he goes. You know, we are not people who are in the world that death threatens. Death is just a translation for us to go to eternity. I tell you all the time about my own passing away when the time comes, so that when I go, you have no reason to cry for nothing. If you cry, I will come out of my, uh, my, my coffin and give you a spank. And I go back to my coffin so that you don't cry when I go. You dance and celebrate when I go because that's why I walk with all my heart now. So that I will not die and have a regret. So thank God that I would have done better. No, I don't want to do better. I want to do best right now to the best of my capacity and knowledge. So that when time comes for me to depart, I just go. The age with the party is irrelevant. Really where we are going is better than all this mess. And they are messing this world up more and more every day. For those of you who are still there and, you know, the young generation, I told you yesterday, I pray for you honestly, you know, regularly, that God will have mercy on your generation. Because I don't know what will happen to this generation in 10 years' time. So therefore, Brother Moses is going to glory. Well, they will have the issue of what caused the problem, you know. He had uh, diabetes. I never knew about that. And then he had saw. I never heard about it. And then, you know, they saw, they, they, they said they shouldn't take him to the hospital. They were arguing. He has health insurance. 
is a senior engineer. And to take him to the hospital, some people are suggesting to him that, you know, you believe God by faith. If you are sick, faith is going to hospital. Do you hear me now? A man of faith is a man who, when he's sick, he went to hospital. A man of presumption is a man when he's sick. He's saying he's believing God. The God that you didn't believe all these years, okay? Because unbeliever, unbelieving believers are the most in the church. Hallelujah, somebody. You didn't answer me now. <laughs> Amen. So, because they refused to take him to hospital, and the man was helpless, they said. And Pastor Piper said he told them what he had. Two days before he's dead, he heard about it. Never heard about it. So he said, take this man to the hospital. He has health insurance. He the government hospital. And some people were advising the wife contrary. Another pastor from one useless church. And he insisted and sent people to take him to, uh, they took him to one private school. He went there. That tomorrow I've taken him from that hospital to the general hospital. Okay? So when he said, I'm coming to take him from this, your private hospital to the general hospital tomorrow morning. Early in the morning, the other pastor, who we don't know, prevailed over the family. His family members also phoned and said, we want him to be taken to the village. There's a woman in the village who treats saw. Okay? So, Early in the morning, by real morning when they got there, they had taken it out by 5 a.m. to the village. To a woman who cures saw. This is diabetes. Diabetic patient who had a saw that is not curable. The first thing to do is to treat the diabetes. Okay? So, when they took him there, he got there. He, doesn't, he, didn't, he didn't have more time to, to survive. He just died. But you see, let me say something to you. All those movements, God is behind it. <laughs> God is behind it. Because, I mean, it will look so stupid for anybody who have heard my voice on earth. When you are sick, somebody has now said something to override what I teach you. It is very, you know, you know in, unthinkable. When apostle is sick, he won't go. I told you I went to the hospital. Though I don't fall sick just like that because my... my GP had cancelled my file because he didn't treat me for 15 years. So, but they have to go and call the file. I went myself, told my GP, I want to be tested. My GP said that is, I don't have any case. That's not right. I said, I want you to test me. Oh, yes. He tested, he now looked for my file. I can't find my file. He said, you don't exist anymore here. But you see, to not go to hospital when you are sick, say you are believing God, is dogmatism. It's not faith at all. God gave the medicals the knowledge they have. Are you with me now? So when anybody is sick, you are a Christian, the first thing is that you call to the Lord and then you call the hospital and go immediately. Hospital will help you know the exact composition or the real thing that is wrong with you. You understand? And when you want to address issues, if you can know the real name, then you can address that real condition in the name of Jesus and continue to attack it and come to live and it will leave. I will together now. But whatever the case may be, when God will take a person, you know, things will not just work normal. People will forget what they should not forget because it's time to go. Anybody will not be able to do anything to stop it because it's time to go. Even the one, the Lord flashed over my mind, he will not permit me to know that the guy is going, that he's telling me that, you know, the guy is finished. Just remember him. But when I remember him, it was his works I was talking to the Lord about, which God is in the record before God in heaven. And so, he had to depart during this week. 
But I have to say that to you because I'm, I was telling you about the fact that the time has come for you and I truly wake up. We don't have more time on earth to spend or to waste. Jesus says, go into all the world and make disciples of all nations. Members of CFT do that. Now the second, that is, that's what I call general calling. But if you look at what he says, he says, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey all I have taught you. Now, not pastor, he's, talk, he's not talking to pastor here, he's talking to you sitting down listening to me. Jesus expects you to teach others about him. But you cannot know what about Jesus unless you come to service. So when you come to service like this, we teach you about Jesus. When you come to your Bible study in the midweek, we dig into the Bible. Many Christians don't know the Bible. Because recently, I told you last week, they sent a, a, a text all over people, uh, to the whole world that they shouldn't, people should not read NIV and, and King James. And it's strange that some Christians just took it as a legacy. Satan can easily shipwreck Christians through media. Today, they never thought. Because they have not been reading the Bible. If you are a scholar, if you come to Bible study all the time, you will know that anybody who tells you that King James is this, is that, is that, is of the devil who said that. It's just Satan just trying to disbalance people who are ignoramus. If you go to a school, you must read. If you go to church, you must not be in the Bible study. That is the power that was behind the apostles in their time. Nobody can mess them up because they gather daily in the temple to study and to pray. Listen to me. Wake up, wake up, wake up. This is August. Watch out in your news. We have July, August and September, isn't it? They are going to be holding convocation before something will happen to them in October. God does not miss his words when he spoke to us in January. Listen, therefore, Jesus expects you to teach others about him. The reason for the church is for you to learn about Jesus. And then what you learn, you practice it on a weekly basis. Tell somebody in your office about Jesus. Tell somebody in the tube about Jesus. When you are going, traveling to work, pray that God should send you somebody who needs to be saved. Let him sit around me. Let me stand around him in, in the tube. And people who start around you, who sit around you, tell them about the Lord Jesus. There are many things you can use to start talking about Jesus Christ. You can talk about the politics that is going on in the world. You can talk about the ISIS problem. You can talk about the black issue problem. They are killing America. You can talk about, you know, somebody is missing. A child was missing two weeks ago and then the following day they found him is dead. You can talk about several things. Satan has done enough for you to pick it up and then tell them that there is life after death. There is somebody who died for you. There is somebody who doesn't like the world to be like this. And there is someone who is making this whole evil happen. His name is Lucifer. And the one who created the whole world is coming to redeem this world because he cannot allow this world to keep on being messed up. You have many things to say. If you, don't, if you came to the lecture about Esther, you have things to say about Mordecai. If you came to the lecture when they were reading Nehemiah, you have something to say about Nehemiah. But if you don't come to the Bible study, what are you really? Who are you serving? That's what you should ask yourself. Who am I serving? Some of us serve ourselves. The time is too short. You go to your work Monday to Friday and you can't come to the temple daily. Listen to me. A time will come that works will be finished. Now the Bible says Jesus said, 
Take it as obey all I have taught you. And what did he say? The last six statement. And below, behold, I am with you always. Even to the end of age. So it means that it is you. When you obey the scripture, the Lord is with you to the end of age. What did Jesus do? After commanding them to do this, look at the book of Mark 16, the last verse. It says, and the Lord, and they went out and preached the gospel, and the Lord walked with them with great signs and wonders that follow. They went out, then the disciples went out and preached everywhere, and the Lord walked with them and confirmed the, these words, their word, with signs that accompanied. Now listen to me. You want to see signs and wonder. Preach the word of God. You know those of you who have calling upon you. You are not ripe to be sent out until you manifest and take over the church. You are not ripe to be sent out. Because if I commission you to be a pastor, what you cannot do in this local parish, you will never be able to do it. Never ever. Really you will not even know how we run. Neither will you know how the Spirit of God directs us in this house. Because you don't come to all the meetings. I told you when I, when I joined the Baptist Church in 1983, 84, 84, January, February. The, I was praying to go to church and the Lord in an open vision, I was going to another church. In an open vision, I see this building, I saw the streets, I saw the name of the street and I saw where the building is. And I just brought my wife back, you know. And I told my wife, I've told the other church that I'm bringing my wife. They were waiting for us that day to receive my wife. But in the morning as she knelt down, they said, Father, we are going to church today, pray for the service and stuff. I saw an open vision. And in that open vision, the Lord said, that, Go to this church. That is where you will worship me. Okay? I told my wife that, look, this is the open vision I saw. She said, what are you talking? The people waiting to receive me. That is it. I mean, what will you, how will you explain? I said, I can't explain. I saw an open vision now. And the Lord told me that if we go out, we will see this street. You will go to this street. You will see a train, train line. Immediately after that train, there is this church there. The, my wife said, what about if we don't see it? I said, then there is no church. We go first. We went. We found the road. <laughs> it's crazy to serve God, you know. <laughs> he upset you sometimes. Now we found the road. We, the moment we turned to the left, we saw the train bridge. Then we end, we, we, I said, after that bridge, there must be a church there. And I described the, the brick of the church and stuff. As we passed the bridge was the church. We entered the church. Only 16 people were in church. Everybody cool and frozen. Except the pastor. So I asked the pastor, after the meeting, the pastor now said that, I believe that this young man, this black man, I was the only black. Because every black who came before me can't stay. Okay? They are looking for church. I'm looking for God. Two different things. Eh? So the man, the pastor said that this black young man that came, uh, God told me that he has a message to, to share with this church. First day I entered church. He said I should come up. I went up. He said I should tell them the message. So I was able to tell them only how the Lord showed me their church in an open vision this morning. How I never knew that area before. So God has that church in his heart. But I'm talking to people who don't speak in tongues. And who don't believe in Holy Ghost. Can you imagine how stupid I was? They were looking at me. Like this. I finish your... 
And I didn't know because I came from a, a church where God is God. I didn't know that the midst of those people. And I was telling them that in an open vision, I saw this. Maybe some of them think I was mystic. Or I was psychic. But you know something? I asked my pastor that you people have a church that can see the hundred or plus, And you are 16. How could that happen? What's the matter? Do you not have visitors in this church coming here? He said, yes. No youth. Only one family that is youth. Half of them were in their 80s, 90s, and one of them was 100 years. I would mean that. So they, they, they don't have the voice. Those who are in their 30s, 40s, they don't want to worry about it. Whatever the case may be. He said to me that people come, but they don't stay. I said, give me the book of all your visitors. He said, what do you want to do with it? I said, I will pray. Oh, he said, take the visitor's book. So I immediately became the usher. They don't have usher. I will stand at the door with the visitor's book. I will take the visitor's book at home and pray every midnight. I will call them by name, call their address. I command their spirit to come. That mortal man must serve their God. I'm talking about if you, if that's calling upon you, I don't expect less. I would mean that. If you look at the way I run this church, all of you are witnesses. If you go to other churches, I permit you next Sunday, just go anywhere. And go and meet their pastor. Try to see their pastor if you can. Or sit down there and just see when they finish service how things happen. I'm what I am today. Because there's a calling. And if there's a calling, it starts from being a member. I will stand at the door. When people come, I say, your name, please. And you say, this is my name. I will look at the list. I say, this is you. You live at this. And they say, yes. I said, I pray for you. God has brought you. Oh yeah, sit down. And God began to bring all the black. Because it's black area and no black person in the church. It's strange. And this is how God began to build the church. Let me say something to you. I didn't know that God is bringing people into my destiny. People he had ordained with my destiny into that. Many people came. They got blessed. That is where God began to heal through me. And the pastor would just tell them to come and preach. When my pastor preaches, this pastor Sydney here, he will tell you this. When my pastor preaches... He will give altar call. Nobody will come out. He will say, Alfred, come and call them. Yes. And he will go on his knees. And I will take the microphone and I say that. If by that message today you want to accept Jesus, come and people will come in now with tears. Because my pastor recognized that there is an unction upon me. I was nobody. I was not a deacon. I was nothing. I was just an ordinary member. Who recognized that the house of the Lord is not good to have empty chairs in the house of the Lord. It has to be filled up. And somebody has to be responsible. And this is how I started in the Baptist church. And a few years after, I, you know, when my pastor would say, come and give altar call. I give altar call, I pray for the sick and God will heal the sick. Then he now said to me, why don't you preach next Sunday? That's how we began to share prophet. I started the Bible study, uh, the uh, uh, night vigil in that church. Because they don't have vision. I said, don't you have night vigil? He said, what is night vigil? I will show him in the Bible that God kept vigil on the day that he delivered Israel from Egypt. And he said, it shall be done forever as a testament. And then the people that, you know, they came to vigil the first day. Everybody was drinking coffee and tea. By one o'clock, they are sleeping. They said they cannot do it for till morning. But the new converts are doing it with me till morning. Night vigil is from 12 midnight to 6 a.m. If we close early, it will be five. 
And then the church started. The church started. The church started. The church started by an ordinary member, not a deacon, not an elder, and nobody. Okay? No wonder God anointed him. No wonder God revealed himself to him. He said, to those who stick me, I reveal myself. And I'm telling you, if you say that you love the Lord, what is your work? Since you have believed. Luke chapter 9, the Bible says in verse 1, that Jesus sent the twelve out. He gave them power and authority to heal the sick, to cast out all devils, and to preach the kingdom. Luke chapter 10, he sent them out again. 72, which is the church members. The first one are the apostles. The second one is church members. He said to them, go. He says, preach the kingdom, heal the sick, and cast out devils. And he said to them, do not worry about anything. Money, just go. The laborers demand their wage. In another words, if you can commit yourself to serving God, He will bless your money, your business. He will bless your finances. He said the laborers demand their wage. Which labor? The labor in the field, in the, in the Christendom, going out to evangelize. Some people went out yesterday among you to evangelize. Why they were evangelizing? When they were evangelizing, the it was led by Pastor, Pastor Fumi. It was her group. I don't know what zone is on here this week. Zone one. All right. They went out when they were going out and preaching. They saw that the people in Calais, that they are the immigration, all these people, refugees in Calais, they brought them and lodged them right opposite our church there. And they started evangelizing them. I'm going right now to meet some of them. They will be in church. The people you are seeing on television in Calais who have this uh, refugee issue. Okay. Among them, they went out and they met a white lady old white lady, and they were telling her about the Lord. And the white lady says that I want to serve God for the rest of my life. She will be in church today. How can they hear unless someone tells them? You must, you must not allow the enemy to hinder you from obeying the instruction of Jesus. Tell everybody. Someone says that, I, you, know, you know, what will I say? Tell them what Jesus has done in your life. The women, the woman of Samaria met Jesus Christ. And she has no healing miracles at all. She only had her life revealed. She went throughout the whole sermon and said, come and see the man who told me all my life. All the messages you have been hearing in this show. Tell somebody. If you were in the, uh, um, uh, the overcomers yesterday, we had testimonies of people who just joined CFT six months. You have your own testimony since you have joined this church. How the message on this woman had shaped your life, had motivated you, and mobilized you. How God has healed you. Tell somebody what Jesus has done for you. That is enough to win souls. Moreover, I've told you that every one of you come here, if you come to this church for one, one, at least a month, you will know, you will know how to win souls. Romans 3 words. Hey, let's speak together now. Romans 3 words. What does it say? All have sinned. 3.23. All have sinned including me and you, so that you can tell somebody that I was a sinner like you. All of us missed it. Then, what is the next one? Speak loud. If you are looking at me like a stranger, you must be in the church throughout this week. There is convention. Hallelujah. Youth convention is fire. Fire. So that you can be fired up. You should know it. This is the scripture that saves you. 
Romans 6, 23, carry 23 over. And what does it say? The wages of sin is death. The gift of God is eternal life through who? Uh-huh. Okay, let me take you a little bit on a drill. What is the evidence of Romans chapter 4 verse 7? Someone tell me. That is the, the conjunction between uh, 3, yes, 4, 7. I say, yes, you have 3, 23, 4, 7, what do you say? 7 and 8. Give it to them. Read it now. Then it says what? So it's a good thing for a man to know that God can forgive your sins and remember your past number. Good thing. Now the person says, how can I receive this Jesus? What does John 1 tell you? John 1, 12. Come on, let's put, let's poke together. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, so tell me what is John, John 1, 12. I, how many of you were in the overcomers yesterday? Lift your hand above your head. If you didn't come. If you didn't come, don't raise your hand. Okay, put your hands down. Did I not tell you yesterday, John 1, 12? Shall we read it together now? Uh-huh. So the man can receive him and believe in his name. And you get that guy say. So you mean God can forgive me everything I've done? Yes. He is already standing to forgive you. If only you can receive him. You know, you mean all what I've done, God will not count against me. I just read it to you in Romans. God is a God who loves every mankind. It's Satan that makes us mess up. And God is the one who helps us. Now we can't help ourselves. Once you just receive him, your past he will remember no more. And you tell the person, he did it to me. If he did it to me, he would do it to you. I always tell all of you that God made sure that I was the worst man among all of you. None of you has your father killed human beings for sacrifice. Is it, if your father killed somebody for sacrifice, stand up. He didn't stand up. So, I was the worst sinner. I'm more sinner than you. But Jesus forgave me. If Jesus forgave my father, what did you do that he can forgive? What did you do? So, therefore, you can bring everyone to Christ. I say this to you. You want to see the power of God move? It is to go out and tell someone about Jesus. Come on now. They Luke chapter 10, he told them, everybody go. But if you look at verse 17 of Luke chapter 10, it tells you and I the joy of going to preach gospel. Look at what it says. The 72 return with joy, isn't it? Come on, say joy. Yeah, that is it. 72, they returned with joy and said, Lord, even what? Demons. When everything has surrendered, then demons themselves what? Surrender. It's not to pastor, it's not to evangelist or apostle or prophet, but to the church. Demons surrender. People that demons surrender, do you think any devil can brag them? Impossible. A, a brother yesterday, one of my amobers, he joined the church, uh, I think last year he joined the church. 
six months. And the brother said that, you know, the church he was coming from, he, 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 said, he gave a testimony about immigration issue. And when he came to see me, I just told him that, don't worry, it's done. And the very week he got it, as I spoke, the beginning of the week, mommy preached, and mommy said, God said he would do a miracle in three days. I came and I said, your first seven days of this week, you are going to encounter serious manifestation from God. Believe it, you're going to get it. He got his papers. The immigration changed. The news changed. You know, before that, they have been querying him, querying him. They now told him to come and collect his paper. He didn't know that it was his indefinite state they had given him. He thought it was his paper he submitted. So he went there to collect the paper he submitted. And the immigration said that, we have given you state to remain in this country. Go and you have to pay. <laughs> it is the immigration owner told him what to do. The man now said that the church he was coming from, when he would go to the priest, he thought that is what I would do. The priest would tell him that for you to see miracle, you must give offering to three men of God or five men of God. You go and give them offering, sow seed to five ministers of God, or fast for seven days. And then God will happen. But he said when he told me, I said it is done. And it was done. He wondered what kind of church is this. Hallelujah somebody. Listen to me. Our God is God. What other people will fight for seven days? You get it by spoken word. Is that not okay? Then go tell somebody about it. Go tell somebody about it. Satan wants those of us who have the real God to shut up. And those who, who have the, the false God, they are the ones who propagate. The order of things must change. Somebody say amen. amen. You want demons to submit to you? Praise the gospel. You want circumstances to submit to you? Praise the gospel. In this church are many activities. Okay? If anybody comes in this church and you really want to serve God, you have more than enough activities where you can plug in yourself and fulfill your calling. You have the intercessors gathering here every week praying. Every Saturday, people are going to, to evangelism in this church. Every Friday night, after your meeting Friday, some people are praying night vigil. Every Friday. You know? And they made it so easy. Every Wednesday, you have Bible study where you look at the Bible chapter by chapter, verse by verse. Show me a church that will do anything like that. They can't do better than it. They pray here every day, six to, to seven. Every day, people gather here to pray. That is what the Bible says in the book of Acts chapter 42, uh, chapter 1 verse 42. It says those who believe in the, 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 those who believe in the thing are supposed to devoted themselves. There is devotion here. That anybody can grow to anything in God here. Alright? So if people go out on evangelism every Saturday, people come here to, to pray every day, people come here to, to vigil every Friday, and people come here to do Bible study every week, and you are part of it, and this thing looks like a history, and you are struggling to make both ends meet and all stuff like that, things are falling apart, and you are fed up, frustrated, busted and stuff. Why should that be? Why should that be? You are not supposed to. A man walked to me on Friday. Two days ago was Friday. He said, Apostle, I made a deal with a, a, an organization for employment, to create employment, and they came back to me and gave me 300 vacancies, blue chips companies. I don't know the, the one that the chips is blue, but... <laughs> huh? The Fusi 100. God delivered the Fusi. <laughs> if it's not going to tumble upside down shortly. Now listen to me. 
<laughs> so he said that they have jobs. But this is what they do. This is what to do. This is what to do. So I announced it on Friday. I announced it on Friday. If you are not in church when good things happen, how will you hear? Listen to me, therefore. It is time to be God. Tell people in your office. I was told about uh, Bible studies that some people do at cafe during break time. You to start a cafe outreach. Oh yes, you need material. What you study in Bible school, go to cafe, they live that same way and do it. If your Bible school is Wednesday, do your cafe on, on Thursday. So that you are fresh in what you have been taught. Because in your Bible school, everybody will contribute what God has taught him, isn't it? And by it, we can know people who are really gifted to communicate, understand scripture and communicate it. Because when it's free, you should tell what you learn, what you God speak to you about it. And those who are growing can now grow more faster because they are seeing people, how people understand some scriptures. Oh, I didn't understand it that way. Then you understand it that way. It develops your reasoning of the scripture. So on Thursday, CFT all over, do cafe. Cafe don't cost you. You just help that we are having a cafe Bible study. And three, four, five people, those of you who work in the city together, gather yourself together in the same area, take a cafe in your area, do, and then invite friends, your friends from various offices. This is how they do it. You use can do it quite easily. And if you work in a boy council and also, you can do it in the cafe. Because, you see, the cafe outside, there is no law that says you couldn't do your, your club meeting. Really, it's a public house, you can do your club meeting. And many people are doing it. One of our members went to a cafe, and a cafe Bible study, she was there and somebody was asking questions that, uh, you know, this God, even all this, uh, why did he allow the evil to happen? And the leader of the Bible said, mm, that is true. <laughs> and she was there. So <clears throat> when, and the other member said, well, that's interesting. That question never come to my mind. And she knew instantly that this is the devil attending Bible study. How do you finish the devil? The word of God. And she began to open the word of God. And told them that that is not true. Sorry. All the people in the cafe come from one church. When the head of Bible study has succumbed to why did God allow? Alright. But the member of CMT was there. A very committed attender of the Bible study. He said no that's not correct. God did not allow this to happen. We are the one who created a problem for ourselves. And he showed them in the Bible. God said to Saul, go and kill all Alimelechites. When Saul got there by his greed, he spared the king, Hagar, and he spared all the, the fat, fatted cows. And Is it not he who decided? Is it not his greed? The Bible says when a man is led astray by his own, his own desire, evil desire, James 1, it is your evil desire that creates evil for you and I. My evil desire. That has to do with God. If the member of our church was not there, all of them would go away from cafe confused. So start cafe ministry. That will bring people in. That will be your own punching bag to be able to practice and flex your muscle. The time and the season is short. I think it is a good Apostle Sunday. I can't hear the headquarters talking now. You can't put your hands together for me.
After all, either you like it or not, we will enter heaven together by force. Hallelujah. I don't want you to envy me when we reach heaven. You want to live in my estate in heaven? The way is what I'm telling you. Leave your house, leave your business, preach Jesus to everybody. Then we will live in the same estate. If you don't, ah, I don't want to live in a tower in heaven. I lived in tower on earth, I won't live in tower in heaven. Hallelujah. I will live in the villa. <laughs> and that should be the desire of Let me pray with you. Our God and King, I speak your blessing over your people. We thank you because you love us so much. And it is your heart desire that will be like you completely. Enable our hearts to be like the sun. Everything that Jesus does, that we will do, the way that Jesus think, thinks, we will think. Father, that through us, you will revolutionize this world. If the children of Satan are waxing stronger in penetrating the system, we have the gospel of truth. Help us to open our mouths so that we can declare about our sovereign Lord. And create the atmosphere for us, Holy Spirit, to share you. And give us boldness. Some of us have use of, you know, you know, this fear. Rebuke the fear. Let our tongues start speaking when we do not really recognize that every Sunday we will bring minimum of a soul into your church. Your kingdom shall be filled with disciples through us. In Jesus' holy name we are prayed. Now, I have to leave you now. But let me say this to you. Today is second. We went from the overcomers to the victory night. And tonight, during the minister's meeting, the Lord instructed that we should pray into the oil and consecrate all members for the manifestation of grace and gifts and ministry. So tonight, we will do that in the cathedral. And I want every one of us to bear this in mind. Our service tonight, will, because tomorrow is Sunday, we will start the service as set. Tomorrow is Monday. The Monday, bank holiday. Tomorrow is bank holiday. Uh, brother, we are not yet in your aeroplane. Where you carry your jet bomber, you are flying. <laughs> so, by the grace of God, usually we start our meeting at, at 8. Really, no, we, we start at 8. But I want to see all ordained leaders by 7. All ordained leaders. We meet at 7, and the service will start at 8 o'clock. I can see a card here. That card is Miss Root. I think it's Root. Yeah, it's root. Woodward, I suppose. Miss Ruth Woodward. You have anyone like that? Eh? Okay, so they will leave it here for second service. Uh, Pastor, I give it to you. Because you are the security officer. I wouldn't want to leave it on this um, pulpit. Okay. So we will, we will, you know, by the grace of God, meet in the night for the anointing service. Who is announcing for the youths? Do you have an announcement here for the youths? You do it. Okay. Now, how many of you are watching with us for the first time? If you are coming here for the first time, with your hands up, we want to welcome you. Do we have anybody? Did you invite a friend? 
You see what I was talking? No wonder God told me to teach you about this today. So what shall we do next week? Look at the mouth of someone beside you. Tell him what you will do. <laughs> you must evangelize somebody. Tell people, Jesus does not demand breaking of neck. Oh. No deliverance for 20 days. Oh. If you will be delivered, you will be delivered on the spot. If I say you will know the truth, the truth will set you free. You don't have to crush your head for, to be blessed. God will bless you if you can understand how to love him. Tell people it's happening in New Cross. Bring as many people as, as you know. Friends, invite them. And tonight is going to be miracle night. Make sure you don't miss it. May the Lord bless you. Pastor, I hand over to you, Pastor Tyler. I'll be going to, to your brethren in cathedral and hope to see you tonight. Um, maybe we should let uh, Brother Jason come and tell us a brief about the, the, the convention. Let me announce this to you. We have a contingence of youth from Republic of Ireland. They arrived yesterday. More of them will arrive tomorrow. So those of you who have not donated towards the upkeep of those youths, make sure your hand, you know, you put something in the in the pocket. Do we get it now? So, Rajesh. Morning, everybody. How many youths have you got here? Uh, if you're 35 and under, is that everyone? <laughs> Hallelujah. Um, so the youth convention starts tomorrow, and that's gonna. Yep. Gonna, well, Peter has the itinerary, so I can go through it quite more specifically. So the youth convention starts tomorrow and it's going to go all the way through the week up until the Sunday. Next week, Saturday, we have a youth awaiting and for all intents and purposes, I thought it would be good to announce that it's now closed. Booking for that is now closed. Um, the last day was yesterday, which had been extended by another day. Um, if you want a t-shirt, you're going to have to speak to Brother Zach specifically because the deadline for that also was yesterday. The actual deadline for online booking was on Friday, so the price went up by one pound yesterday. Just like if you go to an event, um, if you pay at the door, you end up paying more than you actually pay if you were to book online. So um, for those who want t-shirts, please endeavor to try and get in touch with Brother Zach. So um, we're going to have afternoon se um, sessions and also evening sessions each day. Um, so tomorrow we're going to, well the theme, I think it's important to, to note, is, is titled, I Am Devoted. And we're going to have a meet and greet session from 2pm. And tomorrow is um, the health day. And then in the evening we'll have Apostle ATVM speaking. And then we'll have administration from the youth, um, the youth choir. Um, if, once you're leaving the service, if you can pick this up, it will give you a more specific understanding of what's going, going to happen throughout the whole week. Um, and I think that's that's it. Um, and we, we we pray that you will be blessed in this coming week, as you mentioned. So I hope to see all of you there. Thank you. Well, how many youth do we have in church today? How many youth do we have in church today? Those of us who are youth. 
Praise the Lord. So, because he, the announcement seems to suggest that some of us are excluded. And we are not excluded because we are all youth. And even if we're not there during the daytime when they're doing the running around, because we can't do the running around as much as, you know, there's a limit. Even those who pretend that they do 10 kilometers a day. <laughs> we need to be there in the evenings. It's a convention week. And the youth convention week is an important week for us as a church. We need to be a part of it. It's not the youth's meeting. It's our meeting. It's a church convention. And during the youth week, we all should be there in the evening to be a part of what God is doing. Actually, you'll be amazed. A number of parents do not relate well to their children because they do not spend time to engage. I once said, someone said to, it was, it was complaining to a, to a psychologist who said, I don't understand my children. They don't listen to me. And now that sounds very, very easy. But if you want to understand someone, you do the listening, not them. Ah. Aha. And now you understand what was wrong with that comment. I don't understand my children. They don't listen to me. You're doing the talking. If you want to understand someone, you do the listening. We've got two of this and one of this. Let's use it in that same proportion. And when we come in together to be a part of the youth week, we'll use this a bit more and observe with the two eyes. And that way we'll be able to engage and break down those barriers. And the Lord will bless us in Jesus' name. I don't know where that came from. It's time for our offering. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Let's take our offering this morning. If you like an envelope, please ask for one, or take our thighs and our offering this morning. <laughs>